Amen. Good morning. I hope you all had a great week. This week is running very fast. I don't know if it's on wheels. Amen. All too soon, we are in the third week of the second month of the year. And next week is over. We just move into March. But what a blessing. Amen. Amen. Well, we are continuing our series on knowing Christ. And uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your holy word. We pray that your word will inspire us. We pray that we will walk in the newness of life after this message. May the impact of this message be felt greatly by all who will hear. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So last week we talked about being a partaker of Christ's um, suffering, which Paul um, alluded. He said um, that I might be a partaker in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. And we realize that suffering is part of Christianity. There is no way around it that you can skirt around this issue. Suffering is part of Christianity. Uh, we looked at that. It is something that we have to have an experiential feel to it. And Christians will suffer for the sake of the gospel, one, and number two, for their faith in Christ. And we went ahead to talk about all kinds of suffering. We realized from um, last week that there are certain sufferings that are not suffering for Christ, and there are some that are legitimately for Christ. Amen. So we went ahead to differentiate all that. And we also realized that God is able to deliver us from every suffering. He makes a way of escape. Amen. So just be encouraged by that. And when we talk about suffering, don't really be afraid because God has given us everything possible for us to be able to go through it. One, the virtue of long-suffering helps us to go through suffering. And God is also with us who is going to equip us. His grace is made sufficient for us in our weaknesses. Amen. All right. Before we move on to today's something, let's read Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 to 11. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 to 11. Um, please, can someone mute his mic? I hear feedback. I appreciate that. Okay. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So today, our attention is going to be on conformed to his death. This phrase talks about who we are in Christ positionally. It also addresses the new creation in Christ. And as Christians, we have to fully embrace that part of Christ. You know, we've talked about knowing the power of his resurrection. We also, and we've talked about his suffering. Now we also have to make a conscious effort to embrace that part of Christ's life, which was his death. And we will look at the implications of that uh, later. Uh, conform here means bring to the same form. So when we are conformed to Christ's death, we are brought into the same form as Christ in word, deed, and practice. So that's one reason why we rest in his death. It is only in resting in his death 
embracing that part of Christ which has to do with his death that the Christian is truly shaped and formed to be like Christ in word in practice and in deed now I want us to look at a further scripture to um, throw more light on this go with me to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when Paul was talking about that I might be conformed to his death, this was an idea of what he was talking about in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 to 21. We have been crucified with Christ. And how are you crucified with Christ? You were crucified with Christ because when you receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, your old man died. So when the Bible says that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, which part of you died? That is the old man of sin. So you no longer live. So we have been crucified with Christ. That means we have been conformed to his death. That part of you that didn't please God, that part of you that was at enmity and at odds with God, that part of you that couldn't think Christ-like thoughts, that part is dead. So as a Christian, you have to really assume that status and assume that identity. I no longer live. If you are a believer, say to yourself, I no longer live. Sometimes when people have a checkered past and when they give their lives to Jesus Christ, they, they tend to be laughed at and they tend to be the butt of all jokes. Like, oh, look at him. This guy who was very bad now says he's a Christian. Quote to them the scripture. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Sometimes, if you don't do that, you will not be able to experience the best that Christianity has to offer. You will not be able to experience the best that God has for you. You have to learn how to let the skeletons of your past die because you have been crucified with Christ. The second implication that we have to look at is Christ now lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God dwells in you. And when you have that consciousness, you will be able to subject yourself to Christ's forming in your life. Christ lives in us so that he will form us. The highest goal of Christianity is to be like Christ. That's the highest goal. I don't, the highest goal is not really to make it to heaven. The highest goal is to be like Christ. Because the Bible says, as we, as we are, so he is. And the Bible says that if, for, if we have this open, we purify ourselves. We shall meet him again. So you cannot jump ahead. Or you can't put the cat before the horse. The highest goal in Christianity is to be like Christ. When you are like Christ, definitely you are assured of a befitting destination which is glorification, and I've talked about that. So Christ lives in us to form us.
so that in word, in deed, and in practice, we can truly say we have Christ. And then our belief system change. Our belief system talks to us about our values, our priorities. It all changed. Because now we have faith now in the Son of God. That's who we believe. So the idea of being conformed to death means that we also now believe in the Son of God. We have faith in the Son of God. And that's something for us to be proud about. So if you're a believer listening to me, take these three realities with you. You no longer live. Your past has to be buried. Let me borrow the words of our presiding bishop. He always used the word romancing with the dead. Don't romance with the dead. Let it go. Bury it. It's dead. It's gone. Let it die. I have been crucified with Christ, which means I'm being conformed to Christ's death. My past is my past. Yes, I was bad, but it's in the past. Yes, I might not have done things right, but it's in the past. It's dead. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Then the second truth that has to hit you is that Christ now lives in me. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ has seen fit to move from the tabernacle that was built by hands of men and now dwells in my temple. This is my temple. This is it. Christ lives in me. And then as a result of that, know that your value system has changed based on your belief. Amen. So now I just want us to look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. Wow. I just realized I typed Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 to 11. Sorry, it's Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. I read. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Amen. Very loaded scripture. This scripture starts with, if we are raised with Christ, we have to seek those things which are above. And that's where Christ sits. Believer, you have to consciously know that you have been raised with Christ. 
You see, for you to know that you have been raised with Christ, you have to conform to his death. And that is, you have to believe that I no longer live because this old man of sin has been crucified. That's the only way you will be able to now identify with I am raised with Christ. To know that I have been raised with Christ, you have to be conformed to his death. And who wrote this? Paul. Paul was able to write this and include himself because he had conformed to his death. We have to conform to Christ's death that I no longer live. I'm no longer in charge. The flesh is no longer in charge. The new man, the inward man that Christ has created in righteousness and in true holiness, that is in charge. When you are able to believe that concept, it is easy for you to see yourself raised with Christ. There are many Christians who struggle to believe the concept that they are raised with Christ. And the reason why they struggle is because perhaps they haven't even conformed yet to his death. And when you, when you have that as your status, it really impacts upon what you pursue. So if you want to pursue godly things, what is your status? What is your identity? Do you see yourself that you are raised with Christ? If you don't see yourself that you are raised with Christ, the next question I'll have to ask you is that, are you truly being conformed to his death? So when we begin to know that we are raised with Christ, it impacts our pursuits. And verse 2 is the caveat here for you to understand verse 1. It says, seek those things which are above. What are the things which are above? Above here is not necessarily talking about um, geographical location or something like uh, uh, in the sky or something above. When it's talking about above, it's just talking about divine. Seek those things which are divine. And how do you seek those things which are divine? You seek those things which are divine. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above. How do you... And what is the above here? Divine. And what does it mean to set your mind on the divine? Verse 10 is the caveat. And have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him so for you to set your mind on things above means you will have to allow the word of god to renew your mind in knowledge according to how god created you to be when you do that you are setting your mind on things above and that is how you seek for things above you can't seek for things above if you don't set your mind on things above and for you to set your mind on things above you will have to renew your mind in the knowledge of what god has created you to be and we'll realize that where we will can find that is in the bible So, set your mind on things above 
by renewing your mind in the knowledge of what God has created you to be. And when you do that, you are seeking things above. Because when, when your mind is renewed in the knowledge of Christ, you will now be able to seek God's will, God's way concerning your life. You can't seek for things above. You can't seek for divine things. You can't seek for God's way and God's mode of operation when you refuse to renew your mind in the knowledge of Christ. So it comes back to knowledge. God wants us to come to a place where truly we will say we are conformed to his death. And when we have that reality and that truth that we are conformed to his death, it affects our pursuits. And our pursuits can only be changed and can be determined by what we are setting our minds on. And for us to set our minds on things above, it has to do with renewing our mind with the knowledge of God's word. And it's only through that that we can experience transformation. Amen. You have to put on the new man by renewing your mind with the knowledge in God's word. So let's look at verse 10 in God's word translation. I like this one. And you have become a new person. The new person is continually renewed in knowledge to be like its creator. So, embrace that aspect that you are a new person because you have conformed to his death. But now, there is a step further. You have to continually, I like that word, continually renew your mind in the knowledge to become like Christ. That's why when we read Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says, Be imitators of God as dear children. The only way by which we can become imitators of God as dear children is when we have a renewed mind. And as we continue looking into the word of God, which has its way, where we can experience quote-unquote things above, we experience a transformative effect in our whole demeanor. So this Christian race where we have to conform to Christ's death is simply about assuming to be like Christ. But for for that to happen, the first doorstep is to conform to his death. I have been crucified with Christ that I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me, and I live by faith in the Son of God. That's just the whole summation of I am being conformed to his death. And then the implication of that is that now that I believe I am a new person, I am going to painstakingly take time and make it my responsibility to continually renew my mind in the knowledge of God that I can truly become like Christ. And when you become like Christ, it will show in word, in deed, and in practice. Now, the force of the new person, when this happens, there is a certain force of the new person that helps us to put off the old man with his deeds 
So from verses 5 to 9, if you don't renew your mind, if you don't conform to Christ's death, verse 5 to 9 will be a chore to you. It will be very hard. You can never put off, you can never mortify the deeds of the flesh without renewing the mind. You have to renew your mind in the knowledge to be like your creator. And when that happens, it creates a transformative effect. A new man is born in existence that has a certain force that will help you to put off the old man. So this is one of the reasons why Christians sometimes we are stuck in a cycle of bad habits, a cycle of addictive behavior, because we try to do it without having a renewed mind. We just have a conformed mind and we have will and resolution. And that's never going to work. You will need to have a renewed mind and rest in the grace of God. And then you will be able to mortify and put off the deeds of the old man. Do you understand? And then you also have to identify with conforming to Christ's death. That's very important. Identify with it. Don't just know it. Identify with it. Embrace it. See yourself that of a truth. Since I have received Christ as my Lord and personal Savior, I'm dead. I am crucified. The old man of sin is dead. And when that happens, that's just first base. The next base now is now to now. Make it your responsibility and painstakingly make time to read the word of God so that your mind can be renewed in the knowledge of God. And when your mind becomes renewed in the knowledge of God, you become transformed. And it will take a transformed person to be able to fight off sin. And this is a lifetime process. It's not an event. We are going to do this until the role is called up yonder. This is what we are involved in until Christ comes. I like something that I had at the Bible study today. The more you grow in Christ, the more your appetites, you will want to know him and be like him. You know, the effect of knowing Christ is you will become more like him. There is nothing like destination. I have arrived. I know it all. And I'm settled here. The more you know Christ, the more you are growing spiritually, the more you are becoming spiritually matured, the more your hunger and your thirst for the things of God. And I like something that Jesus said when he was on this earth. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So it's a principle. When you hunger and thirst for spiritual things, when you hunger and thirst for things that are after the manner of God's desires, you will definitely experience a feeling. And that is indicative of spiritual maturity. Amen. So as Christians, let's make it a conscious, continuous, and a consistent effort to be conformed to Christ's death to walk in the new life of the Spirit. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 4.
Before we go to Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, I think it would be prudent if we read verses 5 to 9 again. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since we have put off the old man with his deeds. So now, how do you put to death? And how do you put off the old man? See, all this is just talking about the old man. The, the old man, there are some things we have to deal with. And when we are talking about the old man, we are talking about the old man of sin. The nature that we had when we hadn't received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. How do you put these things to death? How do you put them off? Verse 10. You have to become a new person. And the new person is continually renewed in the knowledge to be like his creator. God's word translation. So until the Christian makes it a point to fill his mind with the word of God, where he can experience total transformation, you will never be able to put to death and you will never be able to put off. So that's why Christians struggle. We face these things with an unrenewed mind. We have a conformed mind and then we rely on will on one hand, resolution on the other. So it might seem like you are beating it, but very soon you will be stuck in that old cycle of domination. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to put to death and put off the members of our old man and that can only be made possible when we have a renewed mind let us pay the price to renew our minds in the knowledge that god has created us to be and the knowledge is found in god's word amen romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 4 What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, he who died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should also walk in newness of life. So being conformed to his death means we acknowledge we are dead to sin. And that's what we read in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Acknowledge it. Identify it that I am dead to sin. Don't just know it. Identify. Since I have received Christ as my Lord and personal Savior, I am dead to sin. I no longer live, but Christ that lives in me. Identify yourself like that. And then the Bible lets us know that we have been baptized into Christ and also 
his death. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So this scripture, you really understand it when you do water baptism. That's why water baptism is important because this scripture really comes alive. What's the importance of water baptism? It's a public affirmation of your decision that you are born again. That's all. So when you go through the water, it's symbolism that you are dead and you are crucified with Christ. And when they dip you into the water, is you are buried that means the old man of sin has been buried and then when you come out of the water it means now you have been raised with christ and now you can walk in the newness of life so it's just symbolism and it's a public affirmation and public declaration of your faith in christ that's why we encourage water baptism amen so so when you look at the the biblical standard of water baptism is giving your life to Jesus Christ first and then doing the water baptism. It's not doing the water baptism first as a toddler or as a baby and then giving your life to Christ because you don't understand that significance. That significance doesn't become real to you because in, in, in that sacrament, you experience the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Symbolism. We are baptized into Christ. And why were we baptized into Christ? We were baptized into Christ unto his death. And when we were baptized into Christ unto his death, all that we were saying is that our old man is dead. All the deeds, the acts that were associated with the old man, he died with it. And if it's, if it, if it's dead, I no longer go to it. I am buried with Christ. So today, see yourself I'm a new creation. I'm going to walk in the newness of life that the Spirit has provided through Christ's death. And how will I be able to do that? By accepting the fact that I am buried with Christ. And when you can understand that you are dead and buried, Apostle Paul says, How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Ladies and gentlemen, as we begin to know Christ, Certain attitudes, temperaments, lifestyles of the old man that doesn't line up with God has to die. It is the evidence that truly you have encountered Christ. And then I like something. It says, you are raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Just like Christ was raised from the dead. And when we are raised from the dead, it is because we are ready to walk in the newness of life. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you being conformed to his death. When we are conformed to his death, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I read it. I no longer live because of the crucifixion of Christ. The old man of sin is dead. And that's what Romans chapter 6 is expatiating further. It's dead, it's buried. I'm no longer alive with his associated acts, is gone. Christ now lives in me. And because Christ now lives in me, I can assume his identity 
I can assume his model, and I qualify to walk in the newness of life. When you understand this, it becomes easy now to put off the old man with his associated deeds. And one of the things that will happen will also be that you will now begin to have a desire to renew your mind with the knowledge of the truth in God's word. We are raised from the dead like Christ. There is a reason why we've been raised from the dead like Christ. To assume his character. To walk like him. Let every old habit drop. Let every sin that entangles us drop. May we truly know Christ. May we truly know Christ. We don't just want to quote this scripture like a rhyme. Sometimes when you memorize verses, if you don't take care, you will quote it like a rhyme and lose, lose the truth and the meaning of it. We want to truly live this scripture that at the end of 2021, we can say of a truth, we know Christ for real. Amen. Let's know Christ. I just want us to pray. May we know him indeed. Truly, may we know him. And when we know him, the proof of the pudding, as they say, is in the eating. Let your life, which is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, let it be truly evident that of a truth you know Christ. Because when you know him, you will be conformed to his death. And when you are conformed to his death, it means you identify with his death, his burial, his resurrection. You identify that you are raised with him. And because you are raised with him, you set your mind on things above. And when you set your mind on things above, that is how you seek things above. And when I'm talking about above, I'm talking about divine. And it also means that I'm going to renew my mind in the knowledge to become like my creator. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Let's begin to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we worship and we praise your holy name. We lift our voices to Bacantoni Madosi and Tanamashikoda, Kazikantoni Madokali, the Kazikotoni. Thank you, Lord. Thank I want us to sing this worship song. I hope it makes meaning to you. Think about the words of this song as we are praying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank 
God. We crown you, Lord, with many crowns because you reign victorious. Thank you for the cross. Six Sundays from now, we will be celebrating Easter. The cross must not only be talked on Easter. It's a way of life. A promise made in the dark. We have to always Lit thank by him. a single flame. We thank you for the cross. From what we read today, the cross was not just made possible so that we will be able to live like him. The cross was also made possible so that we will be conformed to his death. Thank you. We give you praise. Father, we thank you that we walk in the newness of life because we are conformed to death. We will walk in the new man according to your manner. In Jesus' name. Amen. How about you, Pastor Roberts? And thank you very much, Pastor Steve. I hope we're all blessed by the word.